Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Amigos, the podcast about everything Amiga. Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodovkar Schaller. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And this week we're going to talk about Defender of the Crown. But before we do, uh, we've got just a few pieces of late-breaking Amiga news oh. for you. Uh, this first piece, Aaron, comes from Reddit. Uh, do you ever look at the old Reddit Amiga board? I have on a few occasions. It is. Uh, sometimes there's some great stuff. Sometimes there's, you know, it's like a message board. That's Reddit. <laughs> That's Reddit. Uh, but this is a real gem. Uh, the One of the Reddit Redditors, I guess, the Formula, uh, has posted a link to a ton of interviews that he's done on his YouTube channel. I mean, oh. he's, he's talking to uh, Petro Chistinko. Uh, the president of Amiga. I'm not even going to try and uh, say that name again. Um, <laughs> he talks to uh, these guys called the Bitmap Brothers. He's got oh, Al- yes, they're he- awesome. Alistair Brimble, uh, composer. He's done uh, some of the games that we've done on the show. Uh, so he's just got a ton of interviews that he's conducted. I guess at different conventions and things. And so I'll post a link to that on the show notes that, so you can check it out. That sounds great. Can't wait to see that. Uh, the next thing is I came across this. I don't. This might have been from Reddit, too, or this might have been from AmigaNews.de, but uh, there is an unreleased Sonic clone for the Amiga. Were you aware of that? I was not. Yeah, this is a, this is a game called Blaze, and I think it was done by this guy named Keith, because uh, it's from a blog called Keith's Corner. Mm. And uh, he, I guess he put it together on his own time, but it really runs like Sonic. I mean, the sprites are different, but he's doing the loop-de-loops and collecting gems and doing all the fun Sonic now, things that he does. Is this modern? Or? It is, uh, I think it's a modern game. Is it, it was, being worked on right now, or is this something that just a blast in the past sort of thing? I think, well, the, the, his blog post is called A Trip Down Video Game Memory Lane, so I think he's mm. reflecting upon doing this in the past. Mm. But uh, it's really neat to see how fast you know the Amiga can push you know those sprites. Uh, it really is impressive with the you know with the right programming. And I think that we've seen from the games that we've looked at the platformers that it it's not necessarily the hardware that's lacking as much as it is just kind of the conceptual ideas on what makes a good platformer. Did you notice that this was an AGA? Uh game or is this something I'm, that ran on the OCS boy it really looked good I wouldn't be surprised if it were maxed out for the AGA. I'll definitely have a look at that and uh, we'll see what see how it plays yeah and uh, finally we've got uh, <laughs> directory opus news uh, directory opus uh, now has compact flash support so uh, you know if you have um, if you have some sort of you know corrupt file or whatever, now that this has compact flash support, you know you can do your backups much more efficiently. Yeah, I'm glad you brought this back up. I think we briefly touched on it uh, a week or two ago, but uh, that's a, that's a real big stride for Directory Opus. It's a, already a robust program, and uh, I know I've run a compact flash card on my 1200, 
anything that helps. It's a it's a great it's a great thing to happen. It's great to see that the director opus is still getting worked on. Absolutely. Well. Now, Aaron, you've got some news for us. Sure. Um, I'm sure anyone that follows the Amiga community closely is, may be aware of this, but just a few days ago, uh, Cloanto released the newest version of Amiga Forever, which is Amiga Forever 2016. Uh, new for this year. There's a new user interface with uh, high DPI display features, uh, 4K density and beyond, mm, and multi-monitor. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, ability to merge Amiga and 8-bit uh, CBM content to a single player if you have the C64 Forever package. Also, was great if you're in the C64. Uh, this is something I thought was interesting. Power PC emulation support, including 1 plus gigabyte of RAM, PC bridge, preset devices with native Amiga OS 4.1 FE driver support and more. That's a big deal. So uh, we'll get to look at some of the games if we were to pick this up. And, hey, I'm sure thinking about it, but that we could actually check some of these games that were that are being made exclusively for the uh, new OS, including that new version of Wings. That uh, Was it Wings that we discussed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the new one that's yeah. coming out that uh, our, our fella from Cinemore was talking about. Um, new con- there's going to be new configuration tools, enhanced Amiga serial, MIDI, and printer support, uh, new Amiga devices for storage, graphics, sound, and networking, uh, new shared folder to exchange data between different Amiga configurations in the host system. That'll be great. New Amiga kit, uh, Eros, ROMs, and more. So that's a that's a great package. If you have if you're not familiar with Amiga Forever, we've mentioned it a few times on the show. It's a turnkey. Uh, Amiga emulator where it, they've done it all the work for you effectively. Uh, it comes in three flavors. There's a cheapo downloaded $10 flavor, uh, a $30 flavor that will come with uh, more games and demos. I think the $10 flavor just comes with maybe a game or two and some demos. Mm-hmm. And then there's a $50 one that comes with video presentations and a lot of content. Uh, you can't go wrong. Plus, when you buy this, you will get the official uh, legal Amiga ROMs from Cluanto, since they own the ROMs. It's a good deal. So if you're uh, listening to our show and you think, boy, I'd like to try some of these games or you or want to trip down memory lane and uh, don't have an Amiga around anymore, this is the way to go. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 such a great thing because it's not an easy thing to get some of these emulators working sometimes. You know that, don't yeah. you, Boat? <laughs> and uh, and to be able to just pay ten bucks once once and say, "Listen, I'm done." You know, that's that's a great a great thing. And plus, you know, that way if you have any uh, sort of um, you know ethical reasons why you might not want to emulate, you can at least partially assuage those with the uh, with with supporting Cloanto. Yeah, um, and also one quick item. Uh, I saw that uh, the boys over at Lock is Lit linked us up on their front page. We appreciate it. Uh, if you're into pinball, uh, Lock is Lit is a uh, show uh, dedicated to pinball and arcade stuff. Uh, I've met these fellas, actually, uh, Rick and, and Mark. They uh, they picked up a pinball machine for me a couple years ago that I saw. I went back desperately. <laughs> um, and uh, they, uh, they, they're they an interesting bunch of cats. They just recorded an, uh, uh, kind of a mob Christmas or a Thanksgiving show I just listened to the other day. It's it's a, it's a good listen, and we appreciate it. And if uh, if you're into that sort of thing, check them out over at Lock is Lit. Cool. And that's on the same network. They're on the same throwback network that we are. So you can just scroll down the page, and there they are. Yeah. Um, well, uh, we also got some feedback from uh, Old School Game Blog. 
Uh, this is a blog about old school games. Yeah, aptly named. <laughs> uh, he says, uh, hello guys, maybe you could do an episode on first person shooters on the classic Amiga. Quite a few Doom clones were released for the Amiga back in the 90s. People in the gaming industry back then said the Amiga would never be able to cope with texture map based games, but they were wrong, very wrong. Developer teams, including Team 17, went all in and showed the world that the Amiga was still full of potential. And uh, I looked at, uh, he, he posted a huge uh, post on his blog about uh, first-person shooters on the Amiga, and I had no idea there were so many. Were, did, were you aware of any first-person shooters you know, on the Amiga? a lot of that stuff was like right at the end of the run. Mm-hmm. And to be completely honest with you, I, I know there were several like attempts at a Doom um, I think there's one called like Gloom or something like that. I think I've seen footage of them. I mean, I, it's funny thing is I could run them. I've got some of that stuff on my compact flash. I just haven't, I haven't dipped my toe in the pool of that stuff. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I guess I am a little surprised, frankly. Now I think about it. I mean, if you consider what kind of hardware it took to run the original Doom, I mean, at the time that was pretty pretty cutting edge, uh, and it was well past the Amiga's prime. Yeah. So. Uh, I don't. I have to check it out. You know, I'm, the Amiga, like you said, it's, we're learning more and more that the hardware was there for a lot of things that just didn't get tapped until it was too late or or, or whatever. People are still looking into. So you know, it'll be interesting to look at. It's something maybe it's a future show. It sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Uh, the one that I saw that I was really impressed with is uh, Alien Breed 3D. Uh, that one looked like it was graphically the most superior. I know of it. Mm-hmm. I, I've obviously played the other Alien Breeds. Uh, I don't remember playing that one. Yeah. So, so uh, that, yeah, we'll we'll add it to the list for sure. Um, <laughs> any other feedback, news, anything else before we dive in, Aaron? I did see a fellow post. I think it was just today. Okay. That uh, about uh, he was mentioning a new piece of uh, uh, accelerator hardware for the 500. I think it's and the 1200. I think it's already been out for the cigarettes. Called like I think it was like the Vampire Two. Uh, appreciate you dropping us a note on it. Uh, Old boat here has got the 500. We're hoping to get that thing cranked up this month, and uh, he'll probably be looking uh, into accelerators soon. <laughs> uh, so, hey, I love modern accelerators on classic hardware. It's just great, and you get a real good deal on them. It's not like in the old days where you're in for like thousands of dollars for some of these things. So, uh, I'll look into that more. But I want to mention it, and uh, if it uh, if it's interesting, we'll uh, we'll have a look at it and say something next week. Next uh, week, awesome. All right. Well, it's time. It's time for Defender of the Crown. (laughs) So, Defender of the Crown. uh, It's a strategy computer game designed by Kellen Beck. Uh, It was the very first game released by our favorite publisher, Cinemaware. And uh, was originally released for the Commodore Amiga in 1986. Which is crazy. Yeah. (laughs) So, um... You know, and uh, it has been ported to many different machines. Uh, it's been ported to DOS, uh, the NES, the Atari ST, the ZX Spectrum, the CPC. Uh, no mention of the Archimedes this time, though. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, left off. Um, and uh, finally, the last, you know, the last port, which was interesting, was the Apple II GS port uh, in 1988. So, oh, it's not true. It says it was later ported to the CDI, some indeterminate point in the future. That's you know that would that would surprise me, frankly. Yeah, you'd I think did, that the not... Apple II or the the GS port would have come, you know, maybe with the Commodore port. I, I'd like, you know, I, I looked at several different versions of this, but I didn't get to see the CDI one. Uh, that one I want to take a look at because the CDI. This is sort of a game that would be perfect for a, uh, if anyone's played the CDI. They're they're not great. No, let's face facts. But 
this kind of game where it's mostly flash and um, the gameplay is sort of minimal would be perfect for the CDI. It would fit right into its you library. You have a CDI, don't you? I don't. I don't what have do a CDI. you have? You've got a 3DO. I've got a 3DO, yes. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to have a CDI. I'm working on it. <laughs> I don't know why. It's not, it's <laughs> well, you <laughs> Why know, do you collect anything? Exactly. Because you're dumb. That's why. You don't like money. So, um, in this game, it puts you in the role of one of four Saxon knights in medieval England. Uh, it's a time where the land is in turmoil as the king is dead and his crown was stolen. Um, the Saxons and the Normans blame each other and fight for control of England. Um, so, Not you, historically <laughs> accurate, by the way. <laughs> when you, uh, is that true? I'm not, a big, true. I'm not a big England history. Yeah, well, it's uh, not, uh, for one thing, the uh, assuming you win this game, uh, the, that would mean the Saxons beat the Normans. So basically, they would take their country back, and then that would be no good. And then uh, some of the characters in this were, uh, from what I understand, were drawn from Ivanhoe. Uh, so, no, not historically accurate. No, no, no. <laughs> well, there's a short introduction at the beginning of this game of, by none other than Robin Hood, Robin of Loxley. And uh, and you... Uh, that should, that also is historically <laughs> I guess just be. saying that makes you look like a yeah. jackass. It's like, oh, yeah, Robin Hood's in it. <laughs> and he flies, you know. <laughs> but um, so after the introduction, and this is, I mean, it's quite an introduction. You know, the 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 spectacle of this game is just, it's 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 really unbelievable for 1986 that the games could look this good. <laughs> it's baffling, yeah. Um, so you start out with a single castle and ten soldiers at your command, and from there you slowly lose them all until you die. <laughs> That's, That's how I play it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, theoretically, you build your army, you control, you know, you take control of additional places, and eventually you beat everybody else and you emerge victorious. This is also a fantasy. It's funny. <laughs> I was watching. I, I, we uh, we've talked before. I, I've not beaten this game. Embarrassingly. And I'm watching these playthroughs, and people are just buzzing through it in 25 minutes. It's yeah. like, how is this happening? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, but you know, it's you can tell that they were trying to really build something that was special. And in some cases, they succeeded, but in a lot of cases, they they fell short. And the more I read about this, the more it seems like the developers even knew at the time they were having to make cuts that they weren't you know ready to make just to get this game out in time. Well, this game was originally. Oh, sorry. This game was originally with another de- was being developed by somebody else. Um, <clears throat> when when uh, they kicked this thing into production, um, there were two games running. Uh, I think one was SDI uh, that uh, the uh, missile, you know, that missile game SDI, and the other one was this one. And the same plate people were doing both. Um, when when the uh, people that run Cinemaware showed up to check out what was going on. Uh, there were the work that had been done on Defender of the Crown was basically limited to the art. The art had been done, but the gameplay and stuff wasn't, there was nothing going on. So they pulled it out of there and uh, brought in some new people to, to make it and kept SDI with the, with the same people they developed that. So Defender of the Crown was troubled right out of Jump Street, you know. And then uh, since it's Cinemaware's first title, uh, they, were, uh, they were under the gun for money. And so they had to put the, they had to put, put, hit the gas and knock this thing out as quick as they could, and they, and they basically killed themselves uh, to get this thing out. Uh, they uh, they were lucky; they had uh, an excellent artist. Uh, the art director was a fellow named Jim 
I guess I always thought it was socks, socks, but I don't know exactly how it's pronounced. S a c h s. Uh, this guy's pretty pretty famous uh, in the Amiga world uh, and uh, was well known in the C64 world. And his art direction. Now there were seven artists on this, so he wasn't the only guy. But he these guys were cranking out top shelf art. Uh, and it's one thing when I look through all the different ports of this, the art was almost always the same, the same pieces of art that were in it. They would just be better. up or, or down Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the art was spectacular. And uh, there's a reason they've kept it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So, And the art is a big part of this game. Yeah. You know, and so uh, the uh, uh, so with, with uh, Sox, uh, you know, leading the way, they produced all this great art, but if the company couldn't, if the uh, developers couldn't do it, put a game around it, they were screwed. So eventually they put something out, like you said, they didn't quite get everything they wanted in. I think that's where you were going with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, they got enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I mean, there's there's all kinds of different, you know, this game is basically made up of little mini-games. Uh, you know, in addition to fighting for territory, which sort of happens automatically, you see it on a map screen, uh, there's uh, tournaments where you can joust. Uh, you can raid castles, you know, and try and get some treasure. Uh, you can rescue damsels in distress. Um, and uh, you can also use a catapult to lay siege to castles. So right. there's a lot of really cool mini games that are in this thing. This game sort of set the uh, the precedent for what Cinemaware games would be like for the most part. I mean, if you look at a lot of Cinemaware games, this is what they are. It's a cinematic Cinematic sequences blended in with mini games. Mm-hmm. You know, Three Stooges did it, Rocket Ranger did it, It Came from the Desert did it, and this did it. You know, and there's, and many more. Uh, it's a good way to go because it lets you keep the gameplay there, plus make it more movie like. And really, I don't think anyone did it like this before that. Uh, so uh, it was it was a good angle. You know, it sort of reminds me of. Uh, if you've ever played the game series, Summer and Winter Games, there's like 10 mini-games. But they also had an opening, closing ceremonies like that. This was just like the natural progression of that. They just added you know, an intro and, and in-between parts, you know, and, they, and it worked out well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great comparison, <clears throat> the, the Summer and Winter Games. That's what it reminds me of, sort of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, let's just kind of talk about each one of these events one by one. Uh, the first one is the tournament. And uh, the tournament is uh, basically you're up against another knight. You choose the knight that you go up against. Uh, we forgot to mention that each knight that you can choose from at the beginning of the game has different abilities. He's right. got sword play and leadership and things like that. And um, and so when you go up against this other knight, you know that you line up and you joust and you can you're riding your horse towards him. The effect is very good. Unfortunately, um, it doesn't. At least for me, I was never able to win a joust. I know that uh, when we played on our stream, you managed to uh, knock the other rider off his horse, but I think you either killed the horse or the rider <laughs> and were banned for life. Well, from you know, the, the you're tournament. supposed to, the, the, the premise behind this event is to hit the shield mm-hmm. of your opponent. Right? It's hard. It's funny, I read I read that uh, in other versions, it's funny, the Amiga version of Defender, that's the one everyone talks about, but... Pretty much in every other version, they've made the gameplay better all around. And then this event was one of the ones they focused on because it was so hard to control on the Amiga version that it, they tweaked the heck out of it for the, to the PC version mm-hmm. or the uh, you know the other versions that came out. Even the NES version was tweaked so to make it easier to do. Uh, another well, um, amongst ones we're going to talk about also is the is when you're raiding the castle and you have, or saving the damsel and you have to do the sword fights. 
like you said, your philosophy on it was just to random to just kill the yeah, button just over and over. The mouse button. You know, they also tweaked that one as well. Mm-hmm. You added. Uh, I know that in the NES version, they added a parry, and probably <laughs> in some of the other ones too. Yeah, there's a lot of room in that sword fighting area for improvement because yeah. just going in there and just smacking around your sword. No one in their right mind would sword fight like that. It's like a, you know, hyperactive. You know, caffeine drinking cokehead. Right. Like, <laughs> uh, so you've got that. We just talked about the uh, the when you go and raid the castle or you rescue the damsel. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, there's also the siege, which you approach the castle with the catapult, <clears throat> and uh, it's uh, you're basically pulling back the catapult a certain amount to knock down the wall well enough to uh, light the. You throw in the. How does it work? Explain well, it to me. See, this is it's it's funny because I played a lot of this. Actually, I, I played two versions that lead up to this. Uh, I played a lot of the CD32 version, and I thought this is great. This is running great. This is playing great. When you play the original Defender, <laughs> amongst the other changes is in the in the CD32 version and presumably the other versions, you would knock down the wall enough to where you could launch the fireball in. And what you're doing is you're setting their castle on fire mm-hmm. or their keep, and you're killing people. Right, and that's the point because you're it's a siege. Well, <clears throat> for budgetary reasons, they didn't finish. Defender of Crown on the Amiga to the point where you could actually pick up and use the firebomb. Oh. They're, they're on the screen. Right. I saw We saw now, them on there, and we you, couldn't get to them. You could, knock, you could knock the wall down and do damage, but you couldn't actually launch the fireball. On the CD32 version, it's very gratifying when you knock the... All you have to do is knock the very top chunk of the wall out, right? And then take your catapult, full blast on the fireball... And it launches it in there, and after you launch two or three of those, you can see the castle burning. Mm. Like in, inter- you can see fire, which is awesome. Yeah. And then when you go to actually siege the castle, they don't have as many troops. They've, you've burned a, a bunch of them up, you know. So, but that it didn't make the cut. The Amiga version again, they were they were up against the wall financially, and they had sort of an artificial timetable to release this. Uh, that they stuck to, and they did get it out when they wanted, but at the cost of scenes, and that's one of the things that they lost. Mm-hmm. Um, the the part where you're building your army and you're 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 doing these territorial battles, that was probably the most confusing part to me because I was never sure how many soldiers I needed to go out and fight. You know, how many soldiers I needed to buy, and how the battles really work. Do you have any insight into how that works? <laughs> well, I'll tell you. you know, we're both board gamers, boat. Uh, I'm assuming you at some point have played uh, uh, Risk. Yes, absolutely. It's said that the ga- this game is like is like Risk with extra stuff. Believe it or not, I've never played Risk. Really? Okay. I, so I don't know much about it. Uh, so you may have some more insight there than I do. But apparently, that's what they sort of borrowed Risk okay. to insert it into this game. The others, I, you know, maybe that's why I stink at it. If there's rhyme or reason to it, I don't know what it is. You know, it's I usually get slaughtered. Yeah. <laughs> you saw me play. I had a real good run, and then I got crushed. Yeah, so, um, but I think that this game, you know, it, it definitely, <coughs> for all its faults, you should play Defender of the Crown if you haven't and you're an Amiga fan. Because yeah. Because it's a landmark release for the platform. It's a landmark release for home video games. It is. Um, for me, it all comes back to the art. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. The music's also quite good. The uh, opening, uh, the opening song is tremendous. It's you still hear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that beautiful, you know, that beautiful song that comes on as the credits roll out. Uh, the the art director, though, top shelf. Uh, 
he he did a great job. The artist did a great job. I heard there were tons of, from what I read, there was tons of art that just got trashed. That just they, and they they drew, they made tons of great art. You know, um, the uh, like I said, Jim. I guess it's, I, I'm going to say Jim Socks, but I don't know exactly how it's pronounced. This guy had a rep coming in. He had done a demo on the C64 called the Time Crystal demo. Uh, if anyone on, in the audience had a C64 and and had access to BBS or something like that, this thing was everywhere. I, even I saw it, and I wasn't a C64 guy. It's an awesome time travel game that was envisioned. It didn't, you couldn't do anything, but it was still it was awesome looking. And this guy literally, he just picked up a C64. He learned how to do his work, uh, and got himself hired on uh to uh, you know by him as a, a developer to, at, you know with Amiga just on the sheer basis of his talent so and he really it was out here to shine he had a, he assembled probably a good group of guys like I said he was the guy that was the lead artist and the art in this is top shelf all the beautiful pictures the way it's animated if you if you play the uh I went through and played several different versions uh and looked at them and the the CD32 version is just uh, so good it's so good it's so beautiful, they, and it's got so many more flourishes than the, than the Amiga version had, uh, with the uh, you know shadows and stuff. I mean, the Amiga version, as good as it was, this up this is AGA and beautiful, and it just looks awesome. There was a PC Windows version that was released uh, somewhere in I couldn't pinpoint exactly when, two thousand five or six, somewhere in that area. It's a beautiful looking version. Uh, and even in the other kind of uglier versions, the NES version, the, the PC DOS version, um, they retain a lot of the fun elements. They do their best. Like you said, the art is the same art. It's just it's just uh, hampered by a lower resolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, in some in versions, like I believe the PC version has an extra event at the at the tournament. I believe oh. it's a, it's like a ball and chain, you know, oh, yeah, mace, mace type mace. of deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, that's cool. So I, I don't know what other extras there are on those, but uh, you know, this is a kind of game where the the sum of the parts is worth more than the or the whole package is worth more than the sum of the parts. Yes, there's some mini games there. They range from meh to okay, mm-hmm. but when you put it in the beautiful package with the music, the art. It's it's a historical game. Yeah, yeah, and still sort of fun. And you know that that just it's all the more reason to uh, you know if you're into this to pick up that that big box version that's coming out from Cinemaware because you know maybe they have some of that art you know in the in in all the materials they do and things like that they do. I, I actually, as you should mention that I, I did a price check, <clears throat> eBay. These are all in U.S. dollars, and this this right here tells me. Get the Cinemaware version, right? Okay, the small box version I saw going for uh, like low money, but it's it looks like crap. It's mm-hmm. a, it's tiny. The big box, the bare minimum I saw it going for was forty four bucks, and I I saw a newer version of the you know one that looked mint going for almost a hundred dollars. And uh, if you want the uh, Defender of the Crown two, for the, which is the version I was talking about for the CD thirty two, which basically just an enhanced Defender of the Crown. That's up in the two hundred dollar range. Wow. <clears throat> now, if you get the version that Sven was talking about, I think it was uh, forty four forty four bucks. Mm-hmm. Steal. Yeah, because you're getting every single version plus the manual I mean, I, plus I'm, the postcards. I, I, and mean, we're not. I, trust me when I says we're not getting any money from Cinemaware. This this is a steal. Yeah. You know, and I'm gonna buy the hell out of it. Uh, if any reason there's postcards of the pretty girls, which you didn't talk about that. Oh we, yeah. You know, 
that one thing this game has is a love interest, <clears throat> and there I think there's I think the Amiga version has three different girls mm-hmm. um, that you can rescue, and uh, this was actually something they put in there because they thought these old movies always had a, a a romantic element, and this was very popular. Uh, you can go in, you rescue the girl, and then it, it, there'll be some uh, verbiage. You know, you f- you spend months together, and one night she comes to you know you, she comes to you, and there's a scene where you there's shadows, and they you see them embrace, mm-hmm. you know, and it insinuates that you're hooking up with this chick, and then she's with you for the rest of the game. The funny thing is, I was watching the C64 version of this, and fr- from what I could tell. She just basically hooks up with you right on the spot, and there's and she actually takes her clothes off, and they show a scene where her robe drops off. And that's not in the Amiga version? It wasn't in the, uh, in the really? Amiga version. At least I never saw yeah, it. Yeah, I saw an animated GIF of that, but I never saw it in the Amiga version. I just assumed that that was, so it's just in the... Yeah, it was in the... I was watching a playthrough, and I was more like... risque in the I was the like, C64. holy smokes, yeah. this chick just got naked, and apparently she just drops her right there on the spot. Right. Guess, now, that's brazen. You rescue a chick, and you just do her right there in the castle where she was held. That's what I call gratitude. <laughs> but apparently, the, uh, the romantic element was very popular. Mm. Um, one of the reasons that it sold so well was just the fact that people dug that. You know, yeah. hey, let's be let's be honest. There's a lot of teenage boys kicking back at the pad, and they're and they're hey, they they like chicks. The chick was rendered beautifully. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the. Uh, uh, I think other versions had more or less girls, <laughs> so which I thought was interesting. The uh, I looked up the sales figures on this, by the way, before I forget it, and it was ludicrous. The uh, the, the what this thing sold. The uh, uh, in the first year it was released, eighty six. Right. It, it at the end of the year it had sold twenty thousand copies. That doesn't sound. I mean, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. But you've got to consider that at the end of eighty six. There were probably only a hundred thousand Amigas in existence. Right. right. <laughs> so, twenty percent of people on Earth bought this, and Lord knows how many pirated it at that point. And it went on to sell uh, two hundred fifty thousand copies. So, yeah. When popular. you think about you know the total number of Amigas sold, you know a high percentage of those had Defender of the Crown either legitimately or illegitimately. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, I didn't get a chance to look at the Game Boy version. Uh, the Game Boy Advance, I should say. I'd like to have a look at the ZX Spectrum version. That'd be good for an. That'd be an mm-hmm. interesting uh, look. Uh, they released a uh, and Finn sort of mentioned this uh, in, with our in our interview. They released a Defender of the Crown. Uh, it was called Robin Hood Defender of the Crown in 2003 for the PS2 and the Xbox and Windows. I didn't know there was an Xbox version. I had to look 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 around for it. Right. Um, I rec- I heard this was not good. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever play it? No, but I remember the reviews not being kind. Yeah. <clears throat> um, they have apparently released other versions over the years. Uh, there was something called Defender of the Crown Heroes Live Forever uh, uh, that was released in uh, 2007, and uh, it had additional stuff in it. Uh, and, of course, the newest version, which is coming out, which is the one that Sven was talking about, which is just a super duper collector's remastered edition. Uh, that uh, and I'm sure this, <laughs> much like Dragon's Lair or uh, uh, some of the other super classic Pac-Man, they they'll be released probably into infinity mm-hmm. because of their popularity. Right. So, but uh, uh, the the sheer numbers it sold, uh, the the sheer popularity, the fact that we're talking about it now, it's a landmark game. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, uh, that ends our, our memories of Defender of the Crown. 
Uh, we don't have a high score this week because... We both have low scores. Yeah, we just... <laughs> the score that England is not with the Saxons. I can assure you, no one needs to panic. But uh, we are uh, we are going to start something kind of special that's going to run through this next month or so. Aaron's going to tell us about it. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, I was thinking... Um, I was thinking randomly as I was driving, I drive a lot in my job, that... Um, I remember the time, a very special time, when I used to get together with a buddy of mine, and we would sit in his in his basement, and and play a music on the Amiga, and and sit around and talk. It was it was one of my favorite memories involving the Amiga and computers, and I thought it would be neat to get some uh, input from you guys, the listeners, uh, about your special memories uh, involving the Amiga, or really. You know, any old computer, you know, the ST or anything. If you have a nice memory attached to it or something interesting uh, to share, uh, you know, here we are at the end of the year. You get kind of retrospective on this stuff, and we can't go back and have a year in review for Amiga because it'd be, you know, it's still old. That's right. pretty much the only thing. But what would be nice is just a, a look back. Maybe it's back in your childhood. Maybe you discovered the Amiga later on. But some fond memories you've had. And if you want to uh, record a little MP3 or something like that, send it our way. That'd be great. If you just want to type something up, that'd be great. Maybe we'll read it on the air and play a few of these things on the air over the next uh, couple shows. Yeah. Uh, in, in fact, what I thought we'd do uh, is maybe just collect these over the next month or so, and then when we have a special Christmas episode, we'll just air we'll just air all of them that we get. Sounds great. So if you've got something that you'd like to play, don't be shy. Yeah. You know, just make a recording. Just fire up your phone, or you know, we're, we want to hear your voice. We want to hear the voice of, of our listeners coming from all over the world. And if it, you don't speak English, it doesn't matter. Fire it up. Yeah. If we can't figure it out, we'll find someone that can. Yeah, we'll play it. We'll play it. If you speak Polish, you can speak whatever language you want. We want to hear the international voice of the Amiga community, uh, and because uh, that's what it's all about. You know, at this at this stage in the game, the Amiga, the the community around the system. I don't know where I'm going with that. Well, it's, it's you know, here, it's, the way I look at it, one thing I love about the Amiga community for me, it's, it's I love the fact that it's uh, the entire globe. Right. You know, I, I like the fact that it's not a, dominated by the USA or whatever. I mean, don't get me wrong, we have users here that we love it. We, we have a very strong following in the United States, but it, it makes me happy to know that people uh, in Norway and people in Sweden and people in Germany and people in Poland and people in Australia, you know, United Emirates, all these places that, that are exotic to a, you know, a mountain boy down here in West Virginia are, in, are all together on the same page with something, and especially in today's crazy age. Everyone's going crazy with all this conflict and stuff. It's nice to have a unifying thing, and I would like to have people express their pleasant memories involving the Amiga, maybe when you got one for Christmas one year, maybe you picked up a pack. Just anything would be nice. Send them along, and uh, we'll love to hear what you have to say. Yeah, and the uh, address that you can send all of those to is Amigos Podcast at. That's not right. Forget that. It is Amigos at AmigosPodcast.com. <laughs> Let me say that one more time. It's Amigos at AmigosPodcast.com. Better link that up, too. But. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be, there'll be a link in the show notes for that. And uh, we also want to thank our sponsors, uh, as always, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage. Yes, I think O'Brien's was the one that mentioned that accelerator. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Gr- thumbs up to O'Brien's. And uh, Brent Dowdy. So thank thumbs you. Thumbs down your- to him. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys, for your support. Yeah, we appreciate it, guys. 
So next week, we are going to cover uh, Brent's recommendation. Uh, we are going to do Dragon's Lair. Oh, I love the arcade game very, very much. So we're going to see how it stacks up against the Amiga version. And uh, we will see you next week. Until next time, adios. adios.